What's up, everybody? I'm Kyle Hamilton, All-American Safety for University of Notre Dame, and I just want to say thank you for tuning into the Full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. And good evening and welcome to the Full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. And again, it's our summer scouting season. And today I'm joined by the wonderful Keith and we're going to be talking about the offensive line. So uh, most, of, most of the time we'll be on the offensive tackles and then we'll spend a bit of time at the end talking about the interior offensive line. But um, before we get on to that, Keith, how are you doing today? Good, mate. Thanks. Yeah, this is, um, I've never been called wonderful, by the way. Thank you oh, very much. <laughs> And uh, just, I know, I know, we're going to be talking about college football, but um, have you found Harry Kane yet? Do you know where he is? Oh, sure. Don't get me started on this because uh, <laughs> we'll have to put an age limit on it because I'll, I'll get very annoyed. <laughs> oh God! Um, but anyway, going back to um, college football. So, yeah, today we're going to talk about the uh, offensive line and our from our summer scouting series. And again, it's going to be a similar format to what we've done uh, the last couple of weeks, where we're going to go through our top five and then we're going to go through our overrated and underrated guys as well so uh what we'll do keith you can kick us off with your fifth best offensive tackle we're gonna start with the offensive tackles then we'll go into the uh interior offensive line so keith fire away cool yeah i mean i think there's a this is quite a healthy little group actually um there's a little bit for everyone in here uh so my number five and this is quite difficult um to to Plays. I'm quite happy with a four, four, but five is a little bit of a struggle. So I've gone with Jamari Salia, I think that's how you say it, from Georgia. Um, so he's, he's a former four-star. Um, he's the 23rd overall prospect in the country in 2018, so clearly talented. Um, but only one year started. He started last year at left tackle. Um, he didn't give up any sacks or penalties. I mean, you know, for a first-time start at left tackle, on a top SEC program, I thought that was you know, a decent step. Um, he's only 6'4", but 3'25", so it'd be one of those where you come down to the arm length, is he a guard? I know some people list him as a guard. Um, he looks athletic enough, and uh, he's got a nice pass set, gets in, kick slide quick. Um, clearly better pass protector, I think, than a run blocker, so that's why I think I'll keep him on the, the tackle list for now. Um but yeah, one year start. So let's see what he can do with a full year without that. Hopefully, no COVID interruptions. Uh, I think get a full year of SEC play. Yeah, let's see what he looks like because he had to replace Andrew Thomas, and I think surprised people by the level of play that he he, he produced last year. Yeah, I haven't. To be honest, I haven't studied much of his tape yet, and um, I, have, I don't. Because I don't have him in my top five, but coming from Georgia, I think they know how to produce offensive linemen. If you look at the, see, Isaiah Wilson wasn't obviously didn't translate <laughs> to uh, <laughs> to a a decent tackle, but maybe that's because of obviously outside of yeah, uh, I think he's got game issues <laughs> rather rather than his actual play. But uh, like you said, Andrew Thomas, Solomon Kinley, they know how to produce offensive linemen. So, like you said, he's probably the next off the block and. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to watching some of his tape. But yeah, if, if he's given away zero sacks in the SEC against 
the quality of pass rush in, in that conference, then that says something that uh, it seems to be a solid piece on the Georgia offensive line. Mm. Yeah, no, it's, like I said, I think the arm length is going to be important here. Um, I don't know, it's, they, they, it's such an overrated measurement, I'm sure it is. Um, I'm trying to think what Joe Staley's arms were, because they weren't great. Uh, but he had a very successful career for the 49ers. Um, so, yeah, like, probably an overrated little measurement. But, but a box that needs to be checked, as they all do. Exactly, exactly. Well, I'll talk about my number five offensive tackle. And I know Lee had him as his offensive tackle on his Pac-12 uh, uh, first first 11, well, first first team um, on, on that we released on our Twitter site. And it's uh, Sean Ryan from UCLA. Now, obviously, the Pac-12, you, can, you can't really take much from it because obviously the limited game time last year. But I watched the tape versus USC and I was really interested to see how he fared against Drake Jackson. And he and he really held his own. He's 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 quite stout. He's quite stout and he knows how to anchor and his his first step quickness is something he needs to improve. But in terms of his run his uh, run blocking, it, it's really, really solid. But what really stands out is his nimble footwork. He he really is nimble and you really saw it against Drake Jackson. They were having a real good tussle in their game versus USC last year um, and yeah I, th- there's definitely a lot to work with there with a full Pac-12 season you, you hope that again going up against Drake Jackson again and, and some other quality pass rushes in that conference that you can see that progression that you saw in, in bits and pieces in, in, in uh, 2020 um, he's really good with his hands like he's, he knows what to do with his hands and I, obviously that's a big big part of being a, a quality left tackle and he's all, he's not transferring from guard to tackle he's starting at left tackle so another season of left tackle play hone those skill sets um and yeah just areas to improve i would say in, in the run game getting to the second level i think that's definitely where he can improve just that athleticism and from that sense uh, but there's definitely a lot to work with there and he's just he's just a a really like solid left tackle that you, you, you can tell he knows what he's doing. I, yeah, I like um, I like both of those UCLA tackles. Alec Anderson's the right tackle, mm-hmm. um, and we'll be mentioning Drake Jackson's name again soon because um, mm-hmm. yeah, he, he, so you've caught him not having a great game. I've caught him not having a great game. Um, there must be a lot of good tape of Drake Jackson out there for him to be rated this highly. Um, but yeah, we found a couple of dud performances. <laughs> exactly. Or, or we found the tackles that have shown him, shown him out to be not as good as what, what we think he is. But yeah. um, all right, hit me with your number four. So number four is uh, pack, number pack 12. Uh, it's Jackson Kirkland of Washington. Um, uh, he he caught my eye, oh, I think nine, either nine, 18 or 19, must be 19, um, where he's playing guard. And who was the uh, the squatty centre there? Nick is it Nick Harris? They're the squatty centre. Yeah, yeah. So you got you got Nick Harris at centre, this sort of box, and then you've got this long linear guard next to him. It, it looked like it's like um, uh, little and large. It was it was ridiculous. Uh, Jackson Curtin is six seven and two ninety five, so he's, he's tall and skinny. Uh, so it's shocking that he played guard, but he, really, he played very well uh, for two years. Um, he moved to left tackle in 2020. Now, obviously, they only played four games. So I'm basing this off of what I've seen on four games, and I'll be doing this again later on because, um, obviously, Pac-12 didn't get many games in. What we saw in those four games, I thought, 
was pretty good. Um, you want some extra ballast in there. If you're going to play tackle, left or right, you need to be more than 295. So you need to get some weight on. You need to get stronger. Uh, but clearly a, a, a sort of a smooth athlete, I thought. Um, I mean... I think this is again this is probably more based on what I think he's gonna do. So it's a projection, really. Um if you can I, mean, I don't know if they're playing Oregon and USC this year. I don't know. Um they're in a different they're in a different division, aren't they? Um mm. uh, so whether or not it comes up against uh, Thibodeau or Dre Jackson, but those will be matchups uh, that'll be really, really interesting. I just think um I wish he was bigger, like like thicker, um, making more sturdy. But like I said, the experience of God, he certainly held his own of God, which, you know, being that kind of lean guy is not really the, the size that you want of God. He's right there. Um, and I said, four games of left tackle really give me some hope. Um, my fun fact about him is if you go to the SPN recruiting site, type him in, take a look at his photo. Jesus Christ, right? Neck. His neck is wider than his shoulders. I know it's impossible, but he's just got the biggest neck I've ever seen in my life. He needs to do some more shrugs then in the weight room probably, <laughs> to, 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 to define those shoulders. But it's interesting that you mentioned him as number four because he's my overhyped guy and it's it's the weight. I, I For me, when I look at offensive tackles, I have a, a magic number of 315 as my minimum. Right, and, okay. and at 290 slash 295 i haven't heard this summer if he's actually put on that extra weight and and obviously when 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 you look at putting on that extra weight it has to be good weight as well because yeah. with if he, if he if he puts on bad weight then the athletic ability that he does have he's very nimble on his feet that's very clear from from his his tape but it's i haven't heard or sort of seen anything where he has put on that extra 20 25 pounds that i think he needs to have that um, to make him into sort of someone that I, I can really take notice of. Yeah, I, I think he, def- he needs to add at least fifteen. I think we've got to get to three ten. Um, yeah, at least I think. Um, and he'll know. He'll know that this is his future. I mean, you know, get Daniel Bergevin, it'd be fine. Saturday night Bergevin with greasy onions. <laughs> can put on ten pounds in a night. Exactly. Yeah, with a few with a few beers, with a few Sam Adams <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> um, but it's interesting that. You've got uh, Jackson Kirkland as your number four because, again, I've gone for a guy that's a projection and it's Zion Nelson from Miami. Now, we all know that sophomore tape was absolutely... uh, Well, sorry, the the true freshman tape was absolutely horrendous. The skinniest left tackle I think we've ever seen. Um, But the jump from freshman to sophomore was just... It was massive. It was absolutely massive. He being being that weight, um, and he, he's always been nimble on his feet. And you can tell that, like his athleticism, can sort of get him out of the holes that 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 uh, that may have been that was apparent in his freshman season. But with that extra power and weight in his sophomore season, then he was able to sort of get by that. But he was only two eighty five, two ninety in his sophomore season, and from what I've been reading. And listening to, he's bulked up to about 320 this upcoming season. Now, the really interesting thing about him is if he gets that, it's pure projection because if he takes that leap from true freshman to sophomore and sophomore into this season, then it's going to be 
there is a lot of hype. There will be a lot of hype coming into next year's draft. Todd McShay has already put him in his top five offensive tackles. And, and, and there is a lot of draft buzz about him. Now, I think Miami play Alabama first game next year. Uh, sorry, this upcoming season. That is good. That game could define him whether he slips down draft boards or whether he's going he's gonna to be one of the top offensive tackles. But just that progression to now he's added the weight. But the thing is, like we just mentioned with Justin Kirkland, like adding weight, well, from what I've read, it's good weight, but that weight has to transfer to power as well. And that's what he lacks. He doesn't have that power to, to especially uh, prevent the sort of the power rush uh, edge rushers. Um, he might be nimble in, 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 against the speedy edge rushers, but against those power edge rushers, he really does tend to struggle. But if he can convert that uh, power um, with that extra, with, that, with the extra weight converting into that power, I think we could see another big leap from him this season. I'm yeah, it, it's going it, to. He is boom or bust. He is the most boom or bust prospect I think in this whole in this whole class. But it's going to be so interesting to watch how, how he progresses. Uh, yeah, so your number four is also my most overrated um, <laughs> because I can't get that freshman tape out of my as I burnt into my soul. <laughs> uh, man got abused just constantly, um, and I caught plenty of games of Miami last year. I just, I just wonder if Derek King got him, made him make Dye Nelson look better. I think uh, King's escapability. They're making plays, um, I think, may have helped Zion Nelson out a bit. I'd like to say that that 2019 tape is so, so bad. Um, it just hurts me. Um, <laughs> I, I think there's a lot, like you say, it's boom or bust. I think there's a lot. So there's, there's like a middle tier of tackles that, that you'd call safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're an NFL team, you don't want to be the one that misses on a on a... On a Someone that is right. So if he, has, if he has another good year, yes, I can totally say. If he has a middling year, what do you do? What do you do with him? Because you're gonna, you know, are, are you gonna take a leap that you know, clear, it's clearly athletic? It's gonna run fast, jump, beautiful, look good. Um, do you take that chance, or do you just think we've seen some really nasty stuff here? And is that what we're getting? Do you know what I mean? So I'm not sure. Yeah, it's my overhyped. Uh, let's be honest, there's not many overhyped in this. This is a little bit of a stretch as well because uh, it's a pretty solid group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, he's got the size. He's six foot five. And I don't, like, like you said, if, if it doesn't pan out from this year, I don't think you could even move him into guard because the level of coaching has taken him to get mm. to these two years and then you're completely retraining him at guard. I just don't think that could happen. And his his run game is it, his run blocking isn't it's it's not that developed to to push him into guard. It would be a developmental tackle if he does if it doesn't work out for him this year. It would probably be maybe a six seven rounder or maybe an undrafted guy. If uh, I'd if be it, petrified of moving to guard. Oh, 100 percent. He's too he's still too skinny. Yeah, I don't think there's too much power there. He, he looks. I mean, obviously he's like a finesse tackle, which is. Which is fine, but you need you need to be a bully as well at some point. I'm not sure. That's what there's a lot of pulls there for me with him. But I said, let's see what he does this year. Um, well, there's there's a photo going around of um, of him uh, when he first joined Miami and how he looks now. And he's put on really good weight. He's been on the same program as uh, Jalen Phillips actually in terms of oh, right. how we he, how he's bulked up and how he's sort of 
he's, he's absolutely massive but ripped as well so he's, he's been doing the work in the gym so let's see if it if it works out in the field but to be fair last two years I've put on a ton of weight as well but it ain't good <laughs> well like you probably you probably like me I could probably get to that stage now where I could rest my beer or my belly so oh, certainly yeah I'm probably 325 <laughs> well it's just in time for the season right so there you go <laughs> it's Saturdays and Sundays oh, yeah. so you go just rest the beer rather than go down to the gym I think that's I think that's the plan for the next few months right <laughs> um cool right who's your number three Number three, I've got um, one of Lee's favourites, uh, Abe Lugas, Washington State, so another Pac-12 guy. Um, he he's a right tackle only. We're not gonna we're not gonna mess around with him. He's not gonna he's not athletic enough to play left tackle. Uh, but I've seen enough good tape of him now over three years. Uh, he's got over two thousand career snaps already, which you know that's plenty. Um, but again, only four games last year, but I watched him. Totally annihilate Drake Jackson. Drake Jackson had no clue what to do. Once you know, there's no counters from Drake. He could not, he could not figure out Lucas. Lucas had him bang to rights. Uh, it was really, really impressive tape. And the thing is, it's similar tape to the year before. It's you know, he, he was dominant. Um, what scared me on the 2019 tape is obviously it's the air raid offense. Leach is still there in 19, and oh those wide splits and all the fancy stuff those linemen do. I got burnt with Andre Dillard. <sighs> That's not looking good now. I really, really like Dillard. Um, I'm sorry, I'm just a little bit scared of a Washington State <laughs> lineman. Uh, but there's something about him. He's, he's, a, he's different. I think he's, like, he's 6'7", 328, he's listed. I mean, that's a big man. Yeah. Um, I said not overly athletic, um, but he'll, he'll crush people out on the edge. Um, you've got to in, in that system. You've got to be able to move a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, really, I really think, I mean, it's it's kind of like how high do you take just a right tackle? So having him three on my list is a bit rude um, because he's pretty limited for a role. But he's a pretty bloody good right tackle. Yeah, that. Well, we saw in last year's draft what Tevin Jenkins slipped into round round two, and he was the consensus best right tackle. Um, was it Jay and Mayfield? Did he go round three? Or was it? Yeah, he's much later. Yeah, with with, um, so, with Tevin Jenkins, you you always felt you could probably get a left tackle out of him, couldn't you? If you need to. Yeah. You could try him there. I don't think you could do that with Lucas. Um, not with good results, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, there there are teams out there that could just do with any old tackle. Obviously, we, we saw the news, we we saw the news today in our in our chat about Joe Burrow and uh, I think yeah. I think the Bengals right tackle, left tackle, backup tackles, swing tackles, whatever whatever they need, they I think just give them what they want. And the same with like the Jets and people like that as well. Just uh, yeah. there's a, there'll always be a team or or some team that would that will draft a right tackle in the first round I remember obviously being a Miami fan we drafted Jawan James in the first round mm-hmm. and he was a pure right tackle so if it fits a need then yeah definitely he could be in that first round um, first round conversation by the end of the season yeah I, I mean I, right now I'd stick a, a late second on him mm-hmm. uh, if you see another if, if the Pac-12 can get a really good season in and Washington State don't embarrass themselves I think 
I don't think it probably won't be a first round, but I guess Tevin Jenkins is a perfect, perfect range, something like that. Yeah. Oh, good. Well, um, my third uh, guy on my list is also a right tackle. It's a Darren Kennard from uh, Kentucky. Now, he could play guard, but he plays right tackle for Kentucky at the minute. He's 6'5, 340. And for me, he is the best run blocker out of all these offensive tackles. He is violent in the run game. He And he will finish guys off. It's just his run game tape is, uh, it, it's, it's great to watch. It's my second favorite um, run, uh, favorite uh, offensive lineman on the run game within this class. We'll, we'll go on to who my favorite is when we look at the interior, but so good to watch in the run game. Um, he, his, he has raw power and he anchors really well. So he's got that lower body strength, which allows him to, to really hold his ground. But, for me, his biggest issue is going to go up against speed rushers. Um, there was a game against uh, tape against Florida where uh, it was a Cox Jr. Mm. He absolutely exposed his pass blocking with just a, a just a, 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 a just a basic chop move um, and just a speed rush. Just that that bend that, that Cox Jr. possesses, he just completely did for Darren Darren Kennard. But I just think. There, there is definitely a lot to work with there, and playing in the SEC as well, he is again he can hone his skills, and but it's just that uh, that that run game is, is it is so violent. He pancakes defensive linemen, edge edge rushers, like he really finishes them off, and I love to see that within with an offensive lineman. He's yeah, looking at the tape, he's probably a, he may be the nastiest one we've got on here. Um, he doesn't make my top five. Only sort of because I think he's going to be a guard, and like you said, he is exposed against speed. Um, you you want to utilize that that physicality. Um, I think guard is, is is a better spot for him. Um, there was a uh, a clip on Twitter going around, wasn't there? Where I don't know who annihilated, but it was it was a, it wasn't just a pancake. That was a double pancake with some little sprinkles. It was a feel for the poor fellow that got squashed. Yeah. And he, he don't mind saying about it after. Which I, I don't have a problem with either. That's the the linemen don't get a chance to celebrate too often. So if, if they, <laughs> give, they give little darts afterwards, that's all good with me. But yeah, I think he probably I would have him as a guard. But it's one of those. Try him at right tackle. You know, draft him right tackle if he ain't panning out. Let's shift him inside because I think he'll work there. Oh, I think he I think he'll be a fantastic guard. I, there was a something I listened to last week where his comparison was Kalechia Semele. I like that, and, yeah. yeah, and I can see that. See, at guard, he would, just just how violent he is and how, how he anchors, that would really, really translate well to guard. But I just think, because he played right tackle last year, he's going to play tackle again this year. I put him in my tackle list and I like what I see. And it, it, if he can just improve his pass blocking, then he could be in the fringe first round category. I reckon. I saw a, um, a clip of him. It was there. I think the Kentucky offensive line coach died of cancer during uh, the season, and uh, so obviously that's a that's a lot for them to deal with. And he was the one that gave a speech at the funeral. Um, I think that kind of shows also what kind of you know person. It's very difficult to, to come and do a speech at a funeral. Hmm. 
he did it and he did it very well and uh yeah props to him i think uh, he's a proper he's a proper he's a proper lad yeah i think he for that game he changed his number i think from 70 to 65 yeah I think it was, yeah yeah in 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 sort of in memory of, of the offensive line coach um i don't know the significance of, of, of changing it to 65 but um yeah it shows what kind he's team first guy and he's uh yeah he, he's definitely one to sort of you can hang your hat on as a like um one of your one of your men in the tranches, so to speak. Absolutely, yeah. So cool. Right, let's go to your number two. Uh, number two, I've got Faye Munford, Ohio State. Um, he, uh, this is this is one of those where it's a very high floor. Um, I think he, he could he could play in the NFL right now and and not be a liability. Um, Last year's tape was so much better than 18, or the 19, sorry. Uh, and I don't know why that is, because he's played um, three at start. So uh, a left tackle, you don't just fluke into that Ohio State. I mean, that's, that's 2,438 career snaps, my notes are telling me, which is plenty. Uh, they're all at left tackle as well. Um, I don't see a... Fantastic athlete there. Um, so again, the sort of ceiling might not be high, but the floor is. So if you need a, a, a quality starter straight away, he reminds me of um, Drew Thomas. Now, obviously, that's only a rookie season, but that's not gone perfectly for him. Uh, but that's the kind of, of similar play I have in mind when I'm when I'm trying to talk about Mumford. Um, See that higher state is so much better than everyone else in the big and it's a little bit rude, really. He doesn't challenge massively. Um, he's one of the few players last year to have no sacks or penalties. Um, in, you know, that shows discipline, um, shows he knows the game, adequate size. You know, he will be a four year star. I think there's a lot of boxes ticked here. How high is that ceiling? Um, and does anyone care really if you just want Mr. Steady? I think this is a very good Mr. Steady. And that's again, this is like second on my list, and I'm saying he's Mr. Steady. He's obviously much better than that, in my opinion. But I, I think you know what you're getting with him. Well, that's why I don't have him in my top five, because I've probably gone for a little bit of the flashy kind of Zion yeah, Nelson, etc. But I, I totally understand what you mean. I, I think he's just solid, he's dependable. Like you said, you know what you're getting with him, and he, he could probably be a plug and play starter, uh, a, a decent starter at the next level with, a, with that experience. Mm. Yeah, that's what, that's what I think. Yeah, it's like it's like going to the chip shop and getting your bag of chips, but you, you didn't get the Savaloy as well. <laughs> I, I usually got, I, I, yeah. Do you usually get Savaloy with your chips? I don't, I don't know like Savaloy actually, so I'm not sure why I said that. But um... I, I, haven't been to, I haven't been to the chip shop in years, by the way, ever since we've been locked down. I only know getting it from Deliveroo, so that's going to be a good <laughs> yes, experience. Right. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uber Eats does well. I know. But um, yeah, you know what you're getting with him. And yeah, he plays at one of the top schools. And it'll be interesting to see this year with. Uh, um, well, I forgot who, who's, who's quarterback at Ohio State next year. CJ uh, something. Yes, I, just, I can't I can't remember. But it'd be okay. interesting. It'd be interesting to see how um, how his progression is after obviously Justin Fields being drafted. How 
his that quarterback playing higher state, how he contributes towards whether it's success or failure of that. Yeah, I, I still think Ohio State dominates uh, Big Ten. Um, yeah, the quarterback's got so many weapons to throw to that probably won't make that much difference. But yeah, I, like, I do like Mumford. Just think, uh, like I said, we don't like the term pro ready. It's not really great phrase at all. But I think he could probably play in the NFL now. Yeah. Yeah, as long as he's a decent pass protector, he's obviously with Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave there, and uh, uh, Jeremy Rockets as well. It's just there's there's a multitude of weapons that Ohio State have got. There is, yeah, and he, the 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 right tackle is not bad either. Uh, but we'll get to him in a minute. Right. So my number two. So he could very easily be on the interior offensive line list, but because he's moving to left tackle this year at A and M. I've gone for Kenyon Green, and the the tape is just again he's he's really violent. He finish finishes off his blocks, and he's willing to go to the second level. He's really really good with his hands, and he's skilled at both pass blocking and run blocking as well. He allowed zero sacks last year, and you saw you saw the the lanes that Isaiah Spiller had uh, last year. That was. <laughs> a lot of that that A and M line and was 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 obviously opened up so many lanes for him and, and Kenyon Green was a big part of that. Now, why I think he he's going to translate well to left tackle. He's six four three twenty five, but he anchors really well and his footwork is 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 is, is re- he's really nimble. For obviously he's been playing guard, but I just I think that footwork will translate better to, to playing left tackle. And one of the weaknesses I found in his guard play is sometimes he can get lost in his blocking schemes whereby he can just appear downfield and just not know what he's doing at guard. Whereas I think if he's playing left tackle, he'll know exactly. It would be one-on-one against the edge rusher. And I think he'll be more, he'll concentrate more on exactly his assignments. Um, and I think it will probably bring out a little bit more from him. Um Again, it's by moving to left tackle, you're going to face more speed rush against against the bigger guys in the in the uh, defensive line. He was able to manhandle them. He was able to use his power. He's got really good lower body strength, whereby he's able to sort of uh, leverage um, his power and, and use his hands to generate sort of to generate sort of that that, um, that 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 power that you need. But yeah. Moving to left tackle, let's see what happens. But I think I think that shift is going to be. I think he's going to be fine. Yeah, I've, I've got him as a guard still, um, and that's because uh, I needed a really bona fide number one guard. So that's a bit of a clue, <laughs> or not a clue. That's, that's, that's a giveaway to my rankings. But uh, he, yeah, yeah, like you said, I think um, dominant inside. Um, they obviously they lost. Was it four to five? I think four of them went. So yeah, he was the best on that line, and I really liked that line last year. Really liked it. Um, I thought some underrated guys on that offensive line. Uh, he was the best one. So it makes a lot of sense to move to left tackle. It's clearly your best player there. Try him there, uh, but if that doesn't work out, he's a top nasty guard. Oh, hundred percent agree. Yeah, especially in the run game, he's. Um... He's a bit of a beast in the run game, especially. Um, all right. And I think number one, I think we agree on number one. So do you want to kick us off on who our number one is? <laughs> yeah. So we've got, um, I think we've both got Evan Neal, uh, Alabama. So right tackle last year, 
Left guard 2019. We're thinking left tackle this year. I mean, that's versatility for a start. Now, we've all seen the clip of him doing that box jump, which is insane. Uh, six, seven, three, sixty. I mean, I yeah, it defies logic. Um, I've got him as a comp as Mackay Beckton, which is a bit lazy because he's just a massive man who's athletic. But I missed on Beckton. I I wasn't as high on Beckton. I had I had the three guys ahead of him, and I had Beckton in his own little tier underneath that. I don't want to make that mistake again because um, obviously Beckton looked really good last year. Um, I see a lot of similarities in Evan Neal. I mean. Again, he's just someone that, that um, he didn't give up any sacks last year. Uh, oh, he gave up, sorry, he gave up two sacks last year. Um, but who was, um, oh man, this is where my mind goes. He absolutely dominated. Um, oh, <laughs> no, he is now. <laughs> it's not so impressive. <laughs> it's, uh, it's Cat Bryant, the Auburn game. And I must admit, big Cat Bryant was. It's a great name, not a great player. Yeah. Um, I just remember, a series, I think it was in one series that Alabama marched down the field. Yes. Absolute pancake after pancake. In the end, I think Mike takes himself out. It's just like, oh, I'm done with this. Um, blame him. Five-star recruit, fourth overall prospect in the 29 class, clearly lived up to it. Um, like I said, already you've got a versatile player. played left guard and right tackle. If the tape is... Decent at left tackle. You're talking what? You're talking five potential. You're talking Penne sort of range, I think. Oh, I, I think he's. I think he's that good. hundred percent agree. I just think, yeah, just that that height and weight, and then how athletic he is, especially you know, how quick he moves his feet, and it's good weight as well. Like you said, that box jump, like yeah. It, it, that athleticism is unbelievable. Um, but there's actually how can you look lean at 360 pounds? He looks lean. I know. I, I don't. I don't look lean at five foot nine and what? <laughs> I, I, I haven't weighed myself in a long time. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, we all strive to be there one day. But it, it's freaky how athletic he is. But yeah. I, I, I think there is room for improvement as well, and that's a scary thing as well. Um, I, I looked. I was reviewing the tape of the Rose Bowl against um, against Notre Dame, and I think what I would like to see more of this year is I want him to finish off his pass protection sets. Like sometimes, because he's he's got all the measurables and he's got he's got everything in his locker. I just want him to sort of finish guys off, so to speak, rather than yeah. give, give them a second chance in in. In, in I can't life. check out that big Brian type. He'd had enough. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. But I'm not surprised. But but I think that's the area I'd like him to improve at because I actually think that line obviously was absolutely stacked last year, and that's why Mac, Mac Jones had so much time in the pocket. I actually thought he was the best offensive lineman on that line, and it had num- uh, a first a first rounder in in Alex Leatherwood. It had uh, Landon Dickerson. Mm. Um, Dante Brown, obviously, well, he went later in the draft, but I thought even at that stage, Evan Neal was the best lineman um, yeah. on on the field there. And, it, yeah, the, the easy comparison is Mackie Beckton, but he, he, he is that dancing bear that you don't want to sort of... It's a, very, it's a cheap comparison or cheap sort of kind of 
uh, way to, to class him, but he is. He just the how nimble he is and how athletic he is is just it's freaky. It is that's why I don't want to miss again. Do you know what I mean? I've been burnt by a Beckham because um, you can run a whatever it was four nine forty at three hundred and fifty pounds or whatever. Um, I'm more interested in that ten split and the and the city drills. I think Beckham did his city drills, and that just sort of set alarm bells off me. And I, I, obviously, I weighed on that too much because um, clearly he knows what he's doing. Um, I think I'm not going to make that mistake again with Evan Neal. I'm all in on Evan Neal. Left tackle now. Let's see, you know, that's a big man to be playing left tackle. Let's see what he can do. Yeah, and it's a different, it's a completely different quarterback that's in in the pocket now with Bryce Young. He's more mobile, so there's going to be more rather than the Sarkeesian offense, which was very much getting out quickly with Mac Jones and and Tua. Now, when in a Bill O'Brien offense, I can see Bryce Young being in the pocket for that little bit longer movement. In, uh, in and around the pocket, plays off script, maybe a little bit more than obviously the, the previous two quarterbacks. So it'd be really interesting with that different quarterback skill set, how he translates to moving to left tackle. Yeah, let's see if he's got a whole protection for those few seconds extra because quarterback's running around for his life. Uh, let's see if I can deal with that. Deal with that fine, man. Every, every box is ticked. Yeah, he, there is no reason why he couldn't be going first overall. You think right now, um, at this stage last season, would you have had him over Penesol? Yeah, I just think that's that size and that weight with all with and those intangibles with his athleticism. I just think there's more growth in Evan Neal than there is in Penesol. Yeah, I, I think it's close. I, I, I might have gone with Saul just for now. I want okay, I just want to see his left tackle tape. Let's see. But certainly, yeah, we're talking this season. It have to be great just a season because we've already ticked a lot of the boxes. Um, and he is it's a boxing. Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. If it's not one of uh, Houston or, or the Lions that are, are not picking number one and it's someone else, you can, you can see someone reaching to pick him first overall. Because I think he's, I think he's, quite a way ahead of the rest of the class. Yeah, I agree with that. I do agree with that. I think um, the quarterbacks will come into play here, won't they? How could Atler doesn't have the greatest season and somehow lose lots of those weapons, he might not be great. If you don't have that star quarterback, then that, yeah, number one overall is open, isn't it, to any of these positions. Probably you'd fancy Thibodeau or Stigney over Evan Neal, but not if you've got an edge in a corner already. Exactly. If... Uh... Uh, sorry, Cincinnati fans, but if Bengals pick number one overall, then it's it's pretty obvious who they'll be picking. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> cool. So I, we've gone through our underhyped guys that we've mentioned already, but sorry, our overhyped guys. Who is the one under the radar for you that isn't really getting much buzz, but could be getting more buzz come March, April next year? Yeah, I've picked again because I did this last week. I've, I've got a couple. I can't just make my mind up. Um, I've got the uh, right tackle Ohio State, Nicholas Frere, which I'm sure meant to be much Frencher than that. Um, he's another five-star guy. He played right tackle and looked really good. It's only a one-year, um, well, it's actually only seven games since Ohio State managed. So, um, again, projection. Um, I would want him to hang around and take over from Munford. 
for 2022 because if he moves to left tackle then obviously he, his stock goes through the roof if he comes out after just two seasons of playing right tackle I don't know what range that is at uh, and the other one is Jack Snyder from San Jose State I've only seen him three or four times so he's really impressive I mean he's it's the old scripted uh, the statue six five three ten beautiful um, moves looks great it is the Mountain West that's what you got to take with a pinch of salt um, he can't do much about that unfortunately um, but I, I've seen him I've seen him mentioned in, in sort of top tens sort of thing I'd, I don't know where I put him in this group but I, I do I do think <laughs> it's the exposure isn't it how, how much exposure does Mountain West get not a lot um, I, there's a lot to work with I think there I like him yeah yeah, I, I'll be honest, I haven't done tape on either of those guys, so it'd be interesting to see obviously how how they progress as, as the season pans out. But one guy that I think is under the radar, well, is he under the radar? Because his measurables are talked about by a lot of people, but it's, um, it's Daniel Falele, and I've been practising the pronunciation, so it rolls off the tongue. <laughs> but... Um, I'm six, you said it. Yeah, exactly. Six, nine... 400 pounds and I think going into the off season I think I've read somewhere that they are trying to reduce that weight to about 360 370 but I don't think we've ever seen anyone that big at tackle before like you, it's it, you you watch him on that Minnesota offensive line and he just like if it looks like it's two, there's two tackles there. He's absolutely huge. And Can't miss him, can you? <laughs> no, he's, he's only been playing the game for a couple of years, so there's obviously a lot of development there. He came from Australia, and um, his run blocking. Obviously, he doesn't really need to put much effort into his run blocking. It's just all he needs to do is just get your hand, get his hands on the on on the edge or the or the D lineman, and just there you go. See you later. <laughs> he's got no chance, and and. With a man that size, the, the obvious disadvantage is the speedy rushers. They're able to work underneath his arms um, or use that bend to, to really sort of bend around him. But just with those measurables, two years as an offensive tackle, and there's obviously progression there. And just with that size and weight, someone is going to fall in love with him. Yeah. Did he opt out last year? He did. I think he did, yes. Yeah, yeah, so I mean, they might have done him a favour, to be honest. And um, I've never seen anyone 400 pounds. And again, it's another one. He doesn't even look fat, does he? He's, um, no. He's not, <laughs> you know, I've had 400 pounds, but no one's ever been playing football at that size. So it makes me pause. It also, you, you know, want to be one of those teams that passes on that and he turns out to be special. And yeah. You, you just sitting in that bathroom game. Four hundred pounds. We can't possibly do that. So, I think one team would have a chance for sure. Where where would you grade him now as a round grade? It's difficult because we haven't seen him play for a season. Mm. We by all by all accounts he's gone down to about three sixty. So again, it's a bit like Zion Nelson. If he could he could fall to the fourth fifth. But if he has a strong season this year, first round? Yeah. I think right now, you're right. I'd take him early day three and say, right, let's see what we've got. Um, but if he's if he's down to, yeah, if he's, look, anything under sort of 370 is going to be a win, right? Um, 
well, it's good. Know. Like you said, it's good weight. He's got at four hundred. He's not. He's not <laughs> fat at all. <laughs> and it's just like if he turns that fat into some muscle, um, and some lean muscle, that's going to translate to power. And obviously, reducing that weight, hopefully, that will translate to his footwork and his athleticism. Yeah, you're looking at right tackle, though, aren't you? Only right purely right tackle. tackle. Yeah, yeah. And and the thing is, I think it'd be very difficult to switch him out to left tackle, considering he's only been playing the game what two years. Yeah, yeah. But again, you've almost got a blank canvas to start with. So who knows what the future holds for him? I'm just scared of saying that massive uh, and inexperienced. But the tape I've seen of him is <laughs> it's sort of just getting um, on his physical gifts, isn't it, at the moment? Um, get some proper coaching into him yeah he knows he's got that power he knows he's got that size and what you want is not for him to depend on that power and size but to learn the nuances of that position with his footwork his hand placement because if he's going up against smaller edge rushers it's good like coming down from that length it's yeah, very yeah. difficult to get your hands on guys so you need to know the nuances of, of how he can use his hands to especially on, on pass protection sets I heard a great phrase the other day. I'll use it here. He can tie shoelaces standing up. <laughs> oh, that's, that's a good one. <laughs> Where did you hear that phrase? I, 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 know there's a, I think there's a pod somewhere, yeah. <laughs> good. Right, so we've gone through our tackles and we've, we've given a load of tackles both within our lists. So lots of um, lots of uh, tackles for you to go away and have a look at and uh, obviously see how they progress throughout the year. Um, but let's move to the interior. This would be a little bit shorter. But um, again, we've got five guys as well as overhyped and underhyped. Um, so again, Keith, do you want to kick us off? And who's your fifth best interior offensive lineman? Oh yeah, number five for me is Logan Bus. I'm going to say from Wisconsin. Um, Three-year starter, split time between right and right tackle. Uh, he's currently listed as their style of right tackle. So it's a little bit of a cheat. Um, I've shoved him over there because I thought his guard play was a lot better than his tackle play. He gets exposed a little bit as a tackle. Um, he's a mean one, actually. Uh, that Wisconsin's a, a, obviously a heavy run uh, scheme. Uh, he enjoys the physicality of being a guard. Um, a little bit more exposed as a tackle. So even though he's going to be playing right tackle this year, I see him inside. And I think, um, I think he's a decent athletic player. Um, again, if he's you know he's right tackle well this year, you've got the versatility you can train as well. So number five, Logan Bruce. Oh, I don't know, don't know how they say it in Green Bay, same like that. <laughs> he's not someone I've come across on my radar yet. Uh, so unfortunately, I can't help you out with the presentation or the pronunciation. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's, 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 I think with guards and, and centers, especially, it's very difficult to to see to see a, a real standout one now. Uh, the, the, there's a whole bunch that just centres and guards whereby it's that another year of experience and unless they're all world, like all pro like uh, Quinton Nelson, it's sort of, it's very difficult to then, or Elijah Baratuka last year, it's uh, it's quite, it's quite difficult. It's pretty rare to get, a, yeah, to, to get like a, 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 a three or four year star at guard or centre. Um, usually they've got experience playing somewhere else on that line um, because usually they're, you know, if you're going to get drafted high, you're, you're the best player on that line. Therefore, you should be mainly one of the tackle spots. The colleges won't mind the size deficiencies. Um, but yeah, that's my three or five. So I'm going to, well, I'll probably go five and four because they're both from the same school and it's, um, 
Five is Alex Lindstrom, the centre from Boston College. Uh, six four two ninety. Now he's very with that frame. He's very quick on his feet and he's very nimble. And obviously he's got the bloodlines as well with his brother going to the Falcons in the first round of twenty nineteen draft. Um, one thing to obviously see straight away is in the twenty nineteen tape with AJ Dillon. Uh, there was some massive, massive lanes that were being opened up by that offensive line. And the majority of the offensive line from 2019 is still there now. So there, there isn't been much change. And they they know they're a unit that is very sort of in tune with with what they need to do. Um, he, he loves going to the second level and his ability to finish off uh, blocks, which I like to see. But the big but is the weight and the skinniness, 290. And at 6'4 as well, he doesn't, he finds it, he can find it difficult to transfer that length. Um, to, I, I like to see my centres a little bit more stockier um, to have that that weight balance on their lower legs and not having to sort of go so far up to, to, to engage with the the opposite defensive lineman. Because he's a six foot four, it just takes him a little bit longer and that means his first step quickness is sometimes lacking um, and that means he can get out leveraged and, then obviously, if he doesn't, if he can't get his hands on the defensive lineman, then he can. There is a tendency to push him back, but again, he's just he's a solid. I think he's going to be a senior this year. He he just knows the game. There's the bloodlines. Um, again, Boston College. Obviously, I've, I've got a little bit of a soft spot for Boston College with our with Brian Flores. So, um, so yeah. You know, I think he's one of those, you know what you're getting, but I would like to see another 20 pounds on him. He's my, my overhype. Um, and I don't, yeah, that weight scares me. Um, I don't see him, I don't see him as a great run blocker. Um, yeah, I don't know if that's because of the weight, I'm not sure. Um, I mean, he's got his clearly intelligent, like I said, we've got the bloodlines, he's got a few boxes, ticks, but I'm seeing him there's a number one centre, and I don't like that. That's not for me. Um, I've got a few that I'd put above him for sure. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I agree. He's not, he's not the number one centre. I, I totally agree with that. But I think, yeah, he's experienced now. He, he, he know, sort of, he knows his game. One thing I would add, he's a left-handed snapper. No. So, so that that may push him down a little bit because obviously, was Creed Humphrey left-handed? Uh, I think he, oh, yeah, I think he was. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. For that. Yeah. yeah, you'll get some quarterbacks that won't, um, won't love that anymore. But uh, Creed Humphrey went to uh, Kansas City, didn't he? He did. The Chiefs, yeah. How dare they get Richard Moore? I know, I know. <laughs> he, he was my top centre last year. Yeah, um, mine too, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, let, let's see how that works. And then obviously number four was Zion Johnson. So, uh, again, another Boston College guy. Now, he did play left tackle and he played left guard. Left tackle was a complete disaster. So that's why I moved him back to left guard. I think he played 11 games left tackle and seven games left guard. Uh, previously, he, was, he started off at left guard. He was a transfer from Davidson, so it's small school. Um, so he's only been, I think he's been at Boston College two years now. But yeah, keep him at guard. He, the, there is no room for him at tackle. Uh, again, he, he's very nimble on his feet. He's very athletic. And the run game, he, he is a mauler in the run game. Um, 
where he got exposed at playing left tackle was pass protection. He, he just that's just that's just not his game, and um, that need that's what he needs to work on. Um, but obviously, playing a guard, you're sort of you can hide that a little bit more than when you're exposed out out there at left tackle. Um, at six three three ten, I would like to see a little bit more weight. Obviously, he he is a he is a mortar in the run in the run game, but adding that extra 10, 15 pounds, I don't think will harm him. Um, but he's very inexperienced still. Um, and another year as a senior uh, in that Boston College offense and obviously familiarity, not just with the line, but with the quarterback as well. Um, I can see him having some draft love. Yeah, that left tackle tape last year was poor. It was bad. It was, yeah. They should have scrapped. It was bad. Um, and therefore, he's not in my list. He's someone I want to put in there because I think he's better than, yeah, he's much better than what that tape shows. Let's hope they move him back inside guard. Yeah, 100% agree. Um, right, who's your four? Mark is Hayes of Oklahoma. Um, he's a massive man, 6'5", 349. Um, I like both the guards, actually. Um, Tyrese Robinson is the other one. But again, Oklahoma... Um, they <laughs> won't be able to dominate soon when they go to the SEC, but uh, right now they dominate the Big 12. Uh, so it's hard, it's defending the Big 12 is so so bad that it's hard to judge the level of play here. Lyman, um, he golfs people, he's so massive. He actually is better in pass protection for me than, than, than in the run game. Um, you could almost play him at right tackle, possibly as a former four star. Um, I wonder now, with all eyes on Spencer Rattler, if we'll start seeing these Oklahoma linemen get a bit more love. Um, obviously, last year, Rattler did start, obviously not drafted anymore. No one, I can't say it was massively high, but I had Adrian Ely there, um, called certainly draftable. Um, I might have even had more of uh, three grade on. He got overlooked and went undrafted, I think. Um, the two guards, um, yeah, they might get a bit of love this year if, if people are spending their time watching that now. Yeah, obviously, that line is going to be probably the most viewed line in all of college football next year because I think we all expect Rantler to be the top quarterback in next year's draft. And if he progresses from his last season to this season, then part of that will be obviously due to the line and, and with them. Um, uh, is it Eric Gray that's gone to Oklahoma as well, yeah, running back? Yeah. So uh, uh, there's a lot of draft buzz about him as well to to obviously be in that conversation as one of the top running backs as well. So if Rattler and Eric Gray have a good season, then uh, they, those Oklahoma offensive linemen are going to get some real real love. Yeah. I... <laughs> um, and who's your three? Um, I'm going to put this name. Tyler Linderbaum. Well, yeah. That came out better than I was hoping. Um, that sounds like a hand cream. It's <laughs> <laughs> a hand cream from Iowa. <laughs> he's my top rated centre. Um, he's quite small as well, 6'3, 289. So, again, we've got, a, we've got a weight issue, but I don't think it shows up so much. I think um, in the run game, he looks, he looks really impressive. Um, Iowa, again, love to run the ball. So, you've got to be able to do that in, in that scheme. He does it well. Um, 
I don't know where someone. I mean, obviously we're expecting to put away, but if he was come out now two eighty nine, you can't draft that in the top three rounds. I don't think. Um, he's another high floor for me. I think. Let's get ten pounds more than hopefully, but if we can get ten pounds, let's just creep me over three hundred. Um, have a decent season. I think he'll be the top centre because it's it's an odd little group of centres. Um, I like a few further down the list, but uh, no one else does. So I'm just going to keep stum about them until I get some more looks on them. Because um, you only get a couple of looks sometimes on these players, and you know you may get lucky with the two games you watch. But Linderbaum, yeah, let's have some more weight. Uh, but it's a high floor, clever, sensible player, knows what he's doing. They're well coached at Iowa offensive line. It's like the Boston College guys, aren't they? It's a it's a bit of a factory. Those those schools for linemen. I think Linderbaum will be a decent one. Yeah, hundred percent agree. I've got him as my second rate, second uh, rated interior offensive lineman and my top centre as well. One thing I would add is anyone that plays on the line, either offense or defense, the one thing I love to see is did they have an elite wrestling background? And he was he was an elite wrestler because when you're that short, you rely on your power, your lower half of your body to to really generate that power and to anchor. And obviously at two ninety he has to anchor, he has to use that lower body more than, than someone with 20, yeah. 25 more pounds. He was an elite wrestler at high school. There's a clip going around on Twitter of him versus Tristan Wirfs, and he takes takes down <laughs> Tristan Wirfs. And obviously we know how Tristan Wirfs has uh, obviously gone on to progress in the NFL. Yeah, he so, worked out, right? <laughs> yeah, and, and one of my favourite players uh, in last year's draft, Osedigizua uh, from UCLA, defensive lineman. He again was a, an elite high school wrestler, and I think for a lineman, I think that is one thing that is really that really stands out to me. Yeah, it's all about leverage wrestling, isn't it? And uh, and use of hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and 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 there's a there's a clip as well uh, against Wisconsin where Tyler Tyler Goodson is 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 going to the house. I think breaking the. 50, 55 yard run and the guy who's up with him is Tyler Linderbaum and he's only about, he's only about what five yards six yards behind him he is absolutely motoring um, and that's probably because well obviously his weight but he was originally a defensive tackle and they've converted him into centre um, but yeah just seeing that speed from the lineman was like whoa <laughs> Perhaps Goodson runs a four nine though. <laughs> exactly. How many how many Gatorades have you had? Just, <laughs> just uh, we're not sponsored by Gatorade, obviously. <laughs> uh, but um, but yeah, no, that was that was really eye popping to say the least. Um, but yeah, he was um, he's my number two. But my number three is again a centre. It's Jarrett Patterson from um, Notre Dame. Again, a factory for offensive linemen. Um, he like Lindstrom is six four, but he's just over 300 pounds and when he was recruited he was recruited as an offensive tackle um but with see the talent they have an offensive tackle at Notre Dame uh, I think you know, Liam Eikenberg was playing left tackle there so he just naturally fitted into centre now again a tall centre six foot four it can be a disadvantage but I think he used that height better than um Lindstrom uh, you can see 
his skill set as an offensive tackle when he plays centre. He's a, he's very adept at pass protection. Again, he knows what he's doing with his hands um, and with run blocking as well. He knows he knows what he's doing. He's he's excellent at run blocking, and he manages to use his height. At, well, those offensive tackle traits, you, it's not his height isn't so much as a, of a disadvantage as it, as it is with Lindstrom. Um, and again, he's coming from a factory of, of they know how to produce linemen. So, uh, yeah, let's. I was watching the tape of him versus Pitt, and yeah, no, it's um, impressive tape. But I prefer Linderbaum, I think, because of the stockiness and his power to weight ratio. But again, Jarrett Patterson, don't be surprised if he's climbing up boards next year as well. They trying him at tackle this year? No, they're keeping him at centre. No, they at centre. Yeah. Um, don't get confused with Jarrett Patterson at Buffalo, the eight touchdown Jarrett Patterson. <laughs> yeah, but, two, uh, two different size, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just a small differential in size, but um, but yeah, that that's who I've got as my number three. Obviously, Linda Ball is number two. And who's your number one? Uh, I'm going to. Do, I've got number two, yeah, but I'm going to. Oh, number two, yeah. Yeah, but my number two is the same as your number one. So I'll uh, very quickly talk about my number one, which is Kenyon Green, who we've already spoke about. Yeah. Um, so actually, there's not a lot to say. I just think um, if Kenyon Green has um, a decent year left tackle, do you think he can get near Evan Neal? I think he'll be first round conversation. I think he'll be the second offensive tackle on the board, off the board. Yeah, I think again with the versus, if you've got tape out at guard, which is elite, and then you move to left tackle, he's going to have to protect a new callback there as well. If all that goes well. Again, we're talking a, a fantastic physical specimen with um, outstanding athleticism. I don't know, there's a part of me that just thinks if he nails left tackle, I can see him being top 10. Um, I like he, him bring that much. Uh, he could do a... He could do a rush on Slater, couldn't he? Because Slater went from guard to tackle in his final season. Yeah, obviously Slater opted out last year, didn't he? But his 19 yeah, film at tackle yeah. is insanely good. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, that's what that's what we hope to see with Green. Because yeah. again, like you see the measurables and just his his violent. He's 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 violent. <laughs> yeah, no, I, that's why he's, like I say, I've cheated a little bit by putting him at the top of the interiors. But um, yeah, you go ahead with your number one because he's my number two. And you yes. Can name for me. <laughs> so my number one is Ikem. Ekwunu, there you go, from <laughs> NC State. I, after watching as much tape as I could of all the linemen, I think he is my draft crush for this year. <laughs> I just think he, he's my uh, he's my crush for one simple reason. I've used the word violent so many times, but this guy is the most violent offensive lineman out of everyone I watched. He makes a splash play on every single game that I've watched against Miami, against Virginia, against Clemson. He is pancaking guys and he's literally dismissing them like they're like, he's fly swatting them. He's, he's an absolute mauler in the run game. And again, he's a, he was a very good high school wrestler. Um, I don't think he can play tackle. Uh, I, think he, I think he's purely a guard, um, but he's so nimble and fleet footed. Um, the way he's able to get to the second level and then finish off his blocks is just wow! It, 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 it's highlight real stuff. 
what he needs to work on is his pass protection um, because he, he, he has got so much raw power that he relies on that a lot. So he needs to work on his hands and, and, his, and his footwork. He can get quite lazy with his hands. But I'm, I, I just want to see more highlight reel um, plays this year because all you've got to do is search him on Twitter, watch him on YouTube. Oh, my God. Like some of his pancake blocks and some of his violent blocks is just... Yeah, um, I'm sorry for those those uh, those defensive guys in the ACC. <laughs> no, I think it's brilliant. Um, they've got him a tackle again this year. It's a waste. It's a waste of his skill set. He's so so good in the run game. He, he needs to be inside a guard. Um, he allowed seven sacks, which um, last year, which was far too many. That's why I don't think he's a tackle. Can't yeah. be. Um, move him inside and let's see him. Dominate again. Yeah, he's what he's six four three twenty. So, yeah, hundred percent in agreement with you. I, there is no way he should be playing tackle at all. No, no, it's a waste of a waste of his ability. Um, Trent, yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah, I say that. What if he goes and suddenly becomes this elite pass protector, and suddenly we've got awesome left tackle tape for a year, and we know he's a monster at guard? You're getting into first round conversations and. and Everyone gets excited. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, I don't think he. I I think they're going to keep him at guard because he, he is so good at guard. Um, I hope and, so. I hope they. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've. I think on the on the Twitter account, if there's a weekly highlight play from NC State from Equino, then I will be posting that <laughs> on, a, on a Sunday because he is my my favourite player I scouted this summer. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, I know it's, uh, yeah, my favourite player is a guard. Yes, I know. But, <laughs> but That's just watch. kind of man, Raj. Yeah, right. exactly. Exactly. Steak and potatoes kind of guy. We ain't here for the skill position. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We're not all about the Jews and like, the, <laughs> the sprinkles on top with steak and potatoes. and just Give uh, me the ugly, warty ones. We're the, that's what I'm looking for. Exactly. Exactly. The guys in the trenches that don't get their love. Well, we're giving them love today. So, uh, <laughs> Um, all right, and just quickly, who's your uh, under-the-radar guy and your overhyped guy? Uh, again, Chi, you've got two uh, under-radars, but I'll go for them really quick. Um, Donovan West of Arizona State. Um, so I'd only played four games last year. Um, he looked sensational in those four games. He's played all three interior spots. He's 6 3 15 so he's very much um, that classic interior shape. Um, I think Pac-12, I don't know if they yeah, if the Pac-12 survives and, and, and thrives in a new life, which I think it will uh, once the Big 12 is out of the way, um, we'll see a lot more of, of Arizona State players and, and, and the like. But right now, Donovan West, I love, and also like Marcus McKeithen of North Carolina, who is 6'7", 330, so a massive human being, um, has plays right tackle as well. Uh, those holes that uh, both those North Carolina running backs ran through last year, uh, McKeithen was heavily, heavily involved. So I like him. Um, I don't think he's massively athletic, so I think that's what I hold him back. But it's uh, a massive man. I'm glad you mentioned someone from North Carolina because, again, I think like Boston College, they brought back a lot of their linemen this year. Um, and obviously that's going to help Sam Howell as well as... Um, because, like you said, Javante Williams and Michael Carr were just running hay last year in terms of the lanes they had. Um, yeah, so... you, wonder, you wonder if he's missed the boat now, though, because... 
<laughs> that tape is awesome, obviously. What are they going to do this year? All the school players have gone. Um, I don't know. There might not be so many eyes. There'll be some eyes watching Hal, I suppose. But yeah, that run game won't be the same. Yeah, well, they have a very vertical style offense. So I think they're going to be four wide receiver sets. So I think they're going to be very sort of more pass happy this year and, um, and less reliant on the run game. You want to have to, yeah, I guess, yeah. Um, and who's your uh, overhyped guy? Overhyped was Alec Lindstrom, so I've covered, I've oh, covered yeah. it already. Cool. Um, so my overhyped, well, he's not really got much hype, but I just don't think he's very good, which is Ben Brown from Ole Miss, the centre. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I think I agree, yeah. Yeah, it's just, obviously, in that Lane Kiffin air raid offence, um, you need good pass protectors. And you see Matt Corral quite skittish in the pocket and sort of he doesn't have that pocket presence and I think part of that reason is Ben Brown with his especially his arm length he's got really small arms for a centre he's like sort of like T-Rex kind of arms <laughs> <laughs> um, and and that those that, those small arms means he just he really struggles to to uh, anchor and to, and to hold off like really big defensive tackles uh, I, I think having someone a bit more stout at centre would actually help Matt Corral a lot because if he can just if he can just have that poise in the pocket and not be so skittish and just go off automatically go off script, I think he definitely has I know Kieran likes him. I think he's got some ability where he can he can definitely be a better quarterback this year than than he was last. Yeah, I think so. He's one of those, isn't he, where if you cut up some YouTube clips of Corral, it looks sensational. Um, but if you watch a whole game, and you can't erase. Where did he throw? Was it six or six interceptions against? Yeah, six, yeah. Um, oh, Arkansas. Was it Arkansas? Arkansas? Yeah, it was Arkansas. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. Be, yeah. The, the thing I remember about Ben Brown is massively inconsistency. Just it's not just game to game; it's play to play. It's it's smashed on the floor one play and then looking okay the next just massively inconsistent yeah and no one ain't your centre Christ yeah um, totally agree with you there that's why I've got he's not really being talked about as overhyped but I just think that it's he's got the spotlight's going to be on him this year with Matt, Matt Corral yeah. being in the conversation and sort of one of the better quarterbacks coming out this year yeah for sure um, and under the radar so you probably think a bummer guy under the radar but Emil Ikior, the right the right guard from Bama, because they their line was so good last year, he just completely went under the radar. But that's what you kind of want in a guard. You, you don't you don't want someone you don't want like a complete splash play guard. You don't want someone obviously where his mistakes are highlighted, but then he'll, he'll end up pancaking a couple guys play later. He was just solid. Obviously, by the time Mac Jones had in the pocket last year, he contributed to that. And he, he's not, uh, if you compare him to Deontay Brown last year, he was just a sort of, he was a big, like, fill the gap kind of guy. Akio is more, he's more athletic. He's perfectly adept at both pass blocking and run blocking. Um, and Let's see what happens next year when, obviously, he's going to stay at right guard, I think, and Neil's going to move to left tackle. So let's see how he copes with a new right tackle. Um, but I just think he's just a really solid, dependable guard that not no one's really going to talk about, and probably no one's going to really talk about this year as well because Bama are going to be, again, one of the top teams, and 
it's going to be the, the the sort of the highlight reel guys, Bryce Young, John Mechie, um, Christian Harris on defense. Like the, those are the guys that are going to get talked about. But I would just sort of keep an eye out for Ekior and just just probably a, like a, a late day two, early day three kind of guy. Just you know what you're getting with a banner offensive lineman. Yeah, he was he was someone that's I think sits into my sort of next tier of of there's quite a few of, of sort of uh, carried similar grades. Uh, like you said, those are, yeah, there's yeah, Ron Sill, a Ron Sill guard. You can't if you want that in the full round, that's perfect. Absolutely, completely agree. And you know, you know he's going to get coached up. You know he's again, you know what you're getting with with with, with that kind of player. So good, right? I think. That's everyone we've gone through. That is a lot of tape we've watched. <laughs> <You're my laughs> eyes. I know, I know, I know. But um, it's been a fun watch and I'm excited. There's a lot of these guys. I think, especially the offensive tackle class, I don't think it's got a lot of love currently, but I think we could be talking by January, February time. There'll be some guys that would really, there might be a three, four first rounders by the end of this, if, if Kenyon Green, Evan Neal, a uh, couple of other guys, Sean Ryan, and uh, the guy from Washington as well. But definitely, it could be a, a good class again this year. Yeah, I think um, you're right. It's a little bit under underwhelming at the moment, right? from the, the draft media point of view, uh, not from mine. I think it's not going to be as good as two years ago. I can see it living up to last year's group quite well, I think. Mm-hmm. That's probably a good comparison because I don't think a couple of years ago with those four top tackles that went, um, I mean, there was a couple at the, the back end of the first. That, that could be a generational class. But yeah, um, yeah I think it's a solid, uh, solid class and let's see what happens this season. Um, so yeah, that, that's us wrapped up. But Keith, do you want to give us a little bio of where we can find you and what's on the cards for the, for the coming weeks? Uh, I'm at Twitter at Lord Lucken. Um, I'm new to all this social. I'm so old that I can't get with all this <laughs> nonsense. So I just sort of cruise around there uh, retweeting um, people pancaking people. Really, to be honest. <laughs> uh, um, work-wise, uh, I think we're sort of gearing up for the season now. So um, it, it really is as watching as many players as we can uh, all, in all positions. I must admit, I'm a big fan of watching offensive line. I think probably because you can get away with watching the broadcast footage a lot of the time about all 22. Um, so that helps. You can certainly get through more players. But uh, yeah, it's just going to be more film watching until we start, which I think is, what, six? No. Oh, five, five, five weeks. weeks. Five weeks, Literally. yeah. Five weeks, yeah. The wife would be absolutely thrilled with that news. I know. I'm just I'm just worried that um, I'm at, well, if, if my if my little girl arrives on the weekend, then that's um, I'm missing college and NFL on Sunday. So uh, priorities, mate. That's right. I know, I know. <laughs> but um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at the Garch. Now, first and foremost, our full ten yards NFL season guide is out now. There is our digital copies and our hard copies as well. Absolutely fantastic. I contributed towards it, so. It's obviously going to be good, but uh, <laughs> no need to no need no need to tap myself on the shoulder. Um, although I don't know, I can't reach my 
actually. <laughs> yeah, don't put your back out, mate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like carrying the weight of a, of a little baby coming. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, please, please uh, get it. You, you can find it on the Full 10 Yards website. Really recommend it. It's going to be a great read. Um, and then with regards to what I've got upcoming now with OTAs in full force, it's a case of doing a bit of rookie spotlights, making sure we don't forget about the guys we, we looked at last year and see how they are progressing in OTAs. And I know there's a bit of buzz about Elijah Moore and, and uh, obviously Javon Holland got an interception off tour today. I know it's my sneaky defensive rookie of the year pick, but, um, but yeah, that'll all be in a few articles upcoming. And then uh, I will be hosting the offensive summer scouting series as well. So you will hear from me with obviously wide receivers, tight ends and running backs, which are all exciting. So um, thanks very much for joining us today. And yet yeah, like, share, retweet our pod and we shall reconvene next week. Take care. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to the full 10 yards. Thank you for tuning into the Full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. We have great information and some great content for you guys. Keep on flying that flag.